What's up, nerds? Welcome to Season 3, Episode 30 of the World Famous Nerd Food Podcast. We're going to do another nice little casual chat. I'm your host, Steve. And this is the other guy, Sully. How you doing, sir? Ooh, I am hungry. Hungry? It is Saturday morning at 10, and I started this new f- uh, intermittent fasting thing. Mm-hmm. So I don't eat from dinner the night before to lunch each day. And so this range right now is, uh, oh, God, oh, I can taste food, so <laughs> but I can't taste food. So from dinner the night before until lunch the next day, so you're missing breakfast. Yep, 16 hours, no eating, and then eight hours, I eat all my meals. Is this like a new internet thing that's happening? or No, apparently it's been around for a while, but I mm-hmm. uh, talked to a couple people at the office that have tried it and had really good results. One guy has lost 45 pounds in four months doing this. Combined with a workout. Sure. Uh, so I've already been doing the workout thing. Add this on, and hopefully I can uh, shed those unwanted pounds. Nice. I made it a week. I'm trying for two months to see what the results are. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, what keto's a big deal right now, or has it been is. a big deal. That's all like there's a TV on at work, and during the day they have it on the talk shows, and we're not controlling the TV, but. They have it on talk shows, and then like it's just infomercials for like a good block, and it's always like this keto thing. Yeah, I do see that coming up a lot. I don't, I haven't really researched it, so I don't know much about it. The, the beauty of this fasting thing is you still should eat healthy in your eight hours, but you don't have to be as diligent, right? Because it's about those sixteen hours where you don't eat and what it does with your body. So pretty interesting stuff. That's cool. Well, I'll let everybody know what the results are soon enough, or if I give up. <laughs> And then, uh, are you doing the gluten thing too? No, I don't do that. I have always tried to watch carbs. Yeah, I, I don't eat a lot of bread, a lot of rice. When I do, I eat it in small, small quantities. No gluten, but then <laughs> no gluten, no sugar, no carbs. Oh Keto, Atkins, uh, fasting. No, might as well. <laughs> the only way I'm doing all that is if I'm dead. <laughs> when he's I'm never, dead, I'll do all those at once. It sucks that Sully died, but damn, he's never looked better in his casket. Look at good <laughs> what is that tux that the uh, coroner put on him is that a men's medium sweet that tux was actually the one he wore in high school in orchestra finally uh, found a use for that dang thing it's been hanging in the closet that's great uh, what about you what's new what's new it's exciting uh work's keeping me busy uh even when i'm not there go figure um let's see it well we haven't done anything in a while since december what December eleventh is when we posted episode twenty nine, so we've we've had Christmas. You came down to visit, that was a lot of fun. New Year's came, uh, got engaged. <gasps> what? Yeah. Yep. What? It's yep. official. Yep. The engagement happened. I proposed to her on Christmas Eve, and uh, she said yes. So that was a load off. And, uh, yeah, we're just, uh, in the very, very early stages of talking about how we want, you know, certain things, uh, to happen as far as planning goes. So very, very early stages in planning. Um, but yeah, so that's taken a little bit of time and, uh, trying to f- plan out the year and see other than of course the possible wedding, if we don't push it another year, trying to figure out like some travel. I know we got a comic-con coming up in july already got tickets already i'd say about 80 percent set and my goal is to make it to e3 in june oh cool yep so i want to do that and yeah 
just all filling up the time in, in the middle with the, all the other little bitty things. And uh, yeah, that's already a full full year. Yeah, it's a lot. It doesn't sound like a lot, but it is a lot. And uh, I'm enjoying a Moscow mule right now. Oh, that's the way to do it. It is afternoon where you're at, so why not? It is. Yeah. So, yeah, everything's going good. There's uh, uh, what would you say? What would you call this news cycle for for this week that just ended? Pretty busy, a little slow. Uh, I'd call it slow, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually, in a given day, Steve and I take turns uh, sharing nerd news to our uh, Facebook and Twitter channels. And it's fairly easy for me to bump into good content to share during the week. But right. there have been a couple of days this week where I really had to, to struggle yeah. through the sites that we love to visit. Like, I always go to IGN. I always go to Nerdist. I always go to Bleeding Cool, mm-hmm. Collider, uh, CBR, comicbook.com. I'm always visiting those sites. And, man, if I've got to scroll back through, uh, like, 15 articles to find something that I think our audience is going to enjoy, it's a little slow. Yeah. Yeah, the same. I go to those sites and go to others as well. And I'm looking at the date that the article was posted. And sometimes if it looks a little iffy, I'll try to search the same topic and see. And sometimes the site posts it uh, same day or the next day. Sometimes the site's posting something that other sites posted about a week ago. <laughs> so it's like, do you put do you put it as a recent post or do you put it as in case you missed this post? Well, you know, I, I always try to think of it in terms of how much time do people really spend on the Internet. Yes, we'd love to be the the cutting edge of the latest news, but sometimes there's stories that come up. Like I found some some PlayStation shoes yeah. uh, from Nike, a collab that were, were uh, introduced, and I was like, oh, I, this is from a month ago, but they're about to go on sale. It may be worth talking about this again, sure. you know? Sure. Yeah, in case anybody's joining us for the first time, uh, Steve and I have been recording, like you said, this is uh, season three, mm-hmm. episode 30, 230-something podcasts we've recorded, uh, sharing the latest and greatest in nerd news. Uh, we've got thenerdfoo.com, which is our website, of course, this podcast, and then on Facebook, we're facebook.com slash nerdfoo. On Twitter, we're at thenerdfoo, and we're just always sharing cool stuff that uh, Steve and I like from pop culture. Uh you know, movies, TV, video games, uh, collectibles, uh, comic books, convention news, just all the kind of things that, that we nerd out on. Uh, we thought years ago, what was it, It's almost six years ago? Almost six years now, yeah. We said, uh, we went to San Diego Comic-Con and said, this is amazing, how do we make this our everyday deal? And uh, that's when we dreamt up the idea for NerdFoo and uh, started putting together all those channels. Now, we don't post on the website nearly as much as we used to because right. we both have full-time jobs and are very busy, but we, we definitely keep our Facebook and Twitter alive and record podcasts whenever we can. So if you're just joining us, <clears throat> there's plenty of content to look back on. That's for dang <laughs> oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I really hope that you know we are able to, if we can find time uh, to, you know, update the site a little bit more with with content but as Sully said full-time jobs and it seems like we get busier and busier each month <laughs> yeah I mean two years ago three years ago when I had a different job I had I had a very strict schedule uh, where I was in at seven out at four hour lunch I would come home and work for a few hours on the website now my job is like 10 to 12 hours a day plus hey there's this thing tonight and you're traveling this weekend mm-hmm. and there's this n- another thing this next night and you know I'm just always looking for the next night I get to sleep eight hours yep. <laughs> oh yeah I know those emails 
<laughs> I get phone calls from vendors at nine, ten o'clock at night asking questions. I'm like, you're calling my personal cell phone. That's fine. But do you know what time it is? <laughs> Are they calling from the other side of the world? <laughs> I'm like, Jesus. Oh, man. Some people just don't get that. I used to work uh, with a lady that was in sales at a, a job two jobs ago who would page me at nine o'clock tonight to ask me about something. And I'd be like, you know, I'm going to be in the office uh, it's 7 a.m. tomorrow, right. and we could talk about it then. We're not doing uh, brain surgery here. No one's going to die if you don't get that answer between now and tomorrow morning. <laughs> she didn't get it. She thought that was perfectly okay because she had no home life. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Some people do, just, yeah. Some people, like parents, just don't understand. <laughs> oh, I see what you, you do. You like there. that? You like that? <laughs> well, um, we used to have a very strict format on the podcast, mostly because I uh, really thought we that was something we needed when we started. But we've kind of we've gotten good at the conversation thing, I'd say. So we're just flying by the seat of our pants, uh, talking about some of the latest and greatest in nerd news. And we put out a tweet earlier to ask if anybody had any questions for us. So we'll get to some of those questions as we. Uh, we go through the podcast, but Steve, is there anything from the past week that jumped out to you as like the biggest nerd news? Uh, as the biggest, no, but there are a couple of things. Uh, I finally saw Bumblebee and I finally saw oh. Venom. Uh, I saw Venom. Yep. So Bumblebee, uh, I think is probably other than what Transformers 2007. I think Bumblebee is the best Transformers film. I'm hearing that from a lot, Hands of, down. lot of sources. I give it a 12 out of 10. It is amazing. I will own it. Uh, I can't wait to see what the still book will look like. I want to see it again. Um, I highly recommend it. Just, man, everything, all the Gen 1 Transformers that we know from our childhood, you know, because as, as it went on, you know, Transformers went a lot of different paths and new characters were introduced and stuff like that. And, of course, you get older. I kind of lost interest in all the newer stuff. I was more comfortable with the older stuff. The, uh, you know, from the 80s cartoon and the toys that we collected. And Bumblebee gave us a big chunk of that. And it was awesome to see some of my favorite Transformers uh, designed correctly, in my opinion, uh, in action. So, yeah, if you haven't seen it, if you're listening, if you haven't seen it, try to go see it. Uh, I believe, I don't think it's out of the theaters, uh, all of them yet. But if you got a chance to go see it, go see it. So that's, uh, it's a prequel to the other films, right? Right, right. And the way the way this film is um, just all the way around and the way it ends, they you could actually say that they can they have set themselves up to reboot the franchise off of this if they do it a certain way. Um, you know, I'd be totally fine with that, especially if we get more of what we saw in Bumblebee. Interesting. And Venom. Did you see Venom? You did. see I Venom. did. Yeah. So I liked it. I liked it. Yeah. I mean, it, it didn't get a lot of praise uh, as far as, you know, from the critics or from the fans. I saw more negativity than anything else. But, you know, was it the best movie ever? No. Was it a good movie? Yeah, it was a good movie. I thought it was and I didn't even mind the uh, the sarcasm. It, it was like a lot of Deadpool sarcasm. You know, it was a lot. It was funny like that, but it wasn't slapsticky. And the. Sure. You know, the effects, you got to remember, you know, the effects are going to be what they are. I thought the effects were fine. I thought the story was great. I, I thought, thought Tom Hardy did really well, and I loved the ending, the little, you know, the little tease we got. Yeah. 
It, it was definitely entertaining, and it did really well at the worldwide box office, uh, which bodes well for Sony and their their Venom slash Spidey verse, or would you just call that a Venom verse? Yeah, probably just a Venom verse at this point. At this point, yeah. <laughs> but uh, considering they've been working, Sony's been working with Marvel to do to in, include Spider Man in the uh, MCU. And uh, the upcoming Spider-Man Homecoming, I think there's probably a chance those could overlap at some point. Yeah, I would definitely love to see it. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't have the same feel. But even the movies within the same within the MCU didn't necessarily have the same feel. And they made them work when everybody came together for Infinity War. So, yeah, Venom was Venom was shot a lot darker than most of the Marvel films, and it did have its own look. It definitely did not feel 100 percent like an MCU film. You know, it felt like a Sony film, you know, uh, yeah. a, a lot of gloss. <laughs> That's the one word I can think of is a lot of gloss. Um, yeah. So, you know, we'll see. And then we posted, uh, let's see, the confirmation that the sequel is coming with Hardy, Michelle Williams and Woody Harrelson all returning. And of course, with Woody Harrelson returning, no spoilers, but you know what that means. <laughs> <Too late. laughs> you know what that means. <laughs> Yeah, that was a nice surprise. I, I think I remember reading, and we even talked about his inclusion in the film when they were doing casting, but luckily I forgot by the time I watched the film. So going through, I had no, I was, wasn't was waiting for him to appear on screen, and then we got the nice little nice little surprise. Yeah, I knew, and I was, I was expecting it, but it wasn't something like, you know, that was kind of make or break, but I couldn't, you know, I wanted to see how they were going to do it. That was the exciting part for me. It's just like, you know, Bumblebee has some really cool stuff in there, too, some moments. Well, speaking of sequels, my my definitely my most exciting piece of information from the week was confirmation yesterday that Coming to America 2 is definitely happening. <laughs> What's funny is I woke up in the morning, and I've got approximately, let me carry the one, 2 billion t-shirts mm -hmm. at this point. Uh, I just picked up my favorite pop tee, which is uh, Akeem, Prince Akeem uh, Zamunda shirt that was part of a, a pop and tee combo Target exclusive, and wore that to work. And I, you know, I try not to wear it too much because I don't want it to fade out. You know, I just pick it random days, and sure enough, somebody tags me in a post that went up that said news on coming to America too and I've got uh, deadline.com in front of me here and it, it this is it, this is from the studio this is definitely happening this is not some sort of uh, speculation but apparently Craig Brewer is set to direct coming to America too I don't know anything about Craig Brewer I'm gonna look up and see what else he has directed wait you said Craig right Yes, Craig Brewer. <laughs> uh, he directed Footloose, the reboot, uh, Black Snake Moan, which I really enjoyed with Samuel L. Jackson and Christina Ricci, Hustle and Flow, um, The Legend of Tarzan, the newest one. So he's had some films, nothing that I'd call giant blockbusters. Sure. Uh, but he's definitely got uh, he's got some experience under his belt, and Eddie Murphy is set. He's on. Uh, there's an original script by Barry Blostein and David Sheffield. Uh, so you know we've got a bunch of pieces. Hopefully Arsenio Hall comes back. I would love to see James Earl Jones come back. What's Arsenio uh, Hall doing these days? Right, that's a great question. Like he had another talk show for a while, I think. Huh. Uh, but I think that fizzled. 
So I don't know. That's that's going to be interesting to see what they do. I did. I was reading on Twitter the comments, and somebody said they would love if the uh, the old guys from Trading Places made another cameo in the sequel. I don't know if you remember that, but there was a crossover between those two movies. The old the, guys uh, from Trading Places. Yeah, you remember yep. that? Yep. They but- were they uh, when uh, Prince Akeem was walking with uh, his love interest in the film. I forgot her name. Uh, they were walking down the water uh, side in New York, and there was a tent with a couple of bums, and he was trying to get rid of that um, brown bag full of money that uh, that his partner in crime had. So he threw it at these old guys, and they're like, "We're back," because they had been, you know, they've been <laughs> yeah. out on the street for a while. They took everything from them. Yeah. So that was their. That could have been the introduction to like another Trading Places movie if they wanted. Oh, but it proves awesome. that those two movies are in the same universe. That's uh, awesome. Unfortunately, both of those guys have passed yeah. since the film. But you've still got Dan Aykroyd, mm-hmm. and you've still got Jamie Lee Curtis, yeah. who could reprise their roles from Trading Places in a Coming to America two See, sequel. I, I've only seen bits and pieces of Coming to America. Like I know, <sighs> I know, you know, I, I know what it is, and I know about the following and everything. Only seen bit, uh, bits and pieces of it. Trading Places, seen it many, many times, and I would be down for a sequel for that, for sure. I mean, I don't want to oversell it. I do want to pressure you into watching anything. But Coming to America, I rewatched last year, knowing that the pops were coming, and it still Holds is up. fantastic. Yes, it's dated. There's definitely some dated things about it, but I think that adds to the charm of the film now, because it's kind of like a little time capsule of the yeah. 80s. And all the things that you get to see, I God, I love it so much. I'll watch it again soon, just because of this news. I so, what do you call it? Coming to America with the number two in the middle. Coming to America with a T O O. Maybe their kids come back to America. I don't know. Hmm. Arrived in America. <laughs> <laughs> Headed to America? I don't know. <laughs> Who cares? We're getting the sequel. I'm super sniped, super stoked about the whole thing. Uh, it's going to be awesome. That's pretty. Yeah, I need to watch the whole thing, and and I want to. And like I said, only some bits and pieces of it. Uh, Steph loves it. She she really likes it, and she quotes some of it. She's like, I can't even quote it around you because you don't know what I'm talking about. I'm like, all right, all right, all right. Sir, this is your weekend to correct this. <clears throat> I know, right? I'm Get sure on the it's train. On, it's on one of these streaming uh streaming networks or whatever you want to call it channels i think i had to rent it when i watched it last because sadly i don't own it on uh dvd i was really surprised maybe it's just time to go ahead and buy it actually well we'll go back to christmas here so i went to block uh not blockbuster i went to blockbuster i really almost just said that i went to best buy yeah i know right (laughs) i went to best buy um a little bit before christmas and they had a bunch of movies on sale, and I was like, you know what? We're gonna we're staying home today, or we're staying home this weekend. I'm gonna go ahead and pick up some movies. So I actually bought some movies that I had never owned that I finally got a chance to fix. So I picked up Elf. Finally, I picked up uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. They they had the digital Blu-ray and DVD for like eight bucks or something like that, and Man. and the Blu-ray has a lot of John Hughes and John Candy stuff, which is worth, of course it was a steal, but even if it was $20, $30, I still would have bought it because I watched all the extras. I'm telling you, dude, you have to buy this. If you haven't seen it, you have to get it just for the exclusive content. Really? Yes. The interviews with John, it's like one interview with John Hughes about 
Uh, he's the voice of a generation at that time. Another interview that's got John Hughes, uh, Steve Martin, and John Candy all in a panel. And of course, it was back then promoting the movie. It wow. was great. And then it was there's a small tribute to John Candy as well. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, I definitely want that. I teared up a couple of times. I won't even lie. It was really good. I lost so. John Candy way too soon. Oh, now. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so we got, got a chance to get some movies that I hadn't hadn't had before. Speaking of buying movies, I uh, knowing that Glass is coming out this next weekend, I definitely want to go see that at theaters. So I went back and rewatched Unbreakable. Mm-hmm. Man, it holds up. Yep. Like, oh, yeah. that's probably the at least the fifth or sixth time i've seen it since it came out and i i think i love it more now than i did back then just because if you think back to where we were with superhero film films at the time there wasn't anything yeah and this amazing almost non-superhero film came out until you realized at the end what you watched it was like a surprise origin story um and then so i decided okay i watched that and it's time to watch split split's not available on any of the streaming services Really? And if you want to rent it, your SOL, you can't rent it. If you want to buy it, the cheapest option is $9.99, and that's only for the low-res SD version. Hmm. Your next option is $14.99 for the HD version, and then if you want 4K, it's like $25 for the digital file. So I popped on over to Amazon, and for uh, Blu-ray, DVD, digital... Twelve dollars delivered to the house. Okay, come on. There you go. Well, but why is this a thing? Yeah, I don't know. It was um, Unbreakable has flip flopped between Netflix and HBO Go. I have them both on the Xbox, so it's flip flopped. It'll go off of Netflix and appear on HBO, and then it'll go off of HBO and appear on Netflix. I've never seen it, and I, of course I could be wrong. I've never seen it on Hulu, and I've never seen it on Amazon Prime. But it's always the, one of those two. And um, Split seems like it's rotating constantly on HBO. Really? Yeah. Of course, I, I must have looked in one of those windows yeah. when it's not available. But knowing yeah. Glass is coming out, of course they're going to take it off of there to get you. I'm on, uh, I'm on a press email list for Alamo Drafthouse, so a while back... They uh, we got an email in from Alamo Drafthouse and uh, their PR people send them out. And it was about a uh, M. Night Shyamalama Marathon. (laughs) That's what they called it. it, Yeah, it was it was something (laughs) like that. And so it it was and tickets are already sold out. So and I was very upset. So in I think in Brooklyn at the Alamo Drafthouse in Brooklyn, He's going to be there. They're going to do a live Q&A, and they're going to show Unbreakable, Split, and they're going to premiere Glass. Oh. And All in the, one sitting? Yeah. So it's a marathon with those three, and it was it was uh, going to be brought to a handful of nationwide Alamo draft houses. And so that was the announcement was a long time ago. And, and so finally I was watching, waiting for the, the release date because it was going to be here in Houston. Um, they were going to uh, live air – the Q&A from New York. And they've done it before with actors and directors before. So, uh, And it's really cool. The quality is excellent. Um, And I really wanted to do it, all three films, and see the Q&A. So I've been waiting, I've been waiting. And the morning of, the page 
said not available, but it showed the name, the M. Night Shama Marathon or something like that. It said not available. Check back later. So I'm constantly checking. Of course, work happens and I check it sold out. I'm like, son of a. <laughs> oh, God. And I checked a couple of more times after that. Sold out, sold out, sold out. So Dang. I totally would have done it. You know, I'm a sucker for a good marathon, but uh, especially yeah, you've- especially that one. You've done you've done some monstrous marathons. Didn't you do for uh, Avengers? Didn't you do a twelve movie? Yeah, I did all of Phase One. <laughs> I don't I, I did, don't know if I can yeah. do that. I'd try, but I did that. I did a uh, Iron Man marathon. Yeah, the movies, not the race. Yeah, I totally get that in this day and age, the ownership of that content. For a company like I, who is that Paramount that puts that out? I don't even remember. I get that that means a lot of money for them, but I feel like they should always make the movies available for rent, digital purchase, physical purchase. I feel like those should always be a thing. Sure. And then at times they should be on streaming services. I get that. Why was there not a rent option for Split at a time? I know they know they're going to make a ton of money off that, mm-hmm. but that angers me. I, I just don't understand that. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes oh, wow. sometimes I I go to Best Buy because there are some movies, and I'm probably getting in the minority here. So there are some times that I still actually like to own the movie. Yes, I know digital is the way to go and all that stuff, and I have digital too. But there are some for me as a collector. Um, I still like to buy a movie every once in a while, and I don't mind having the physical copy. I will take the digital copy as well. But there are some movies that still that are older that they still want 20 25 30 dollars for i'm like this came out in the 90s you're telling me that it's still that much money and it doesn't even come with the blu-ray this is just like the dvd (laughs) it's like jesus i'm I'm actually with you i if it's a movie i really like i prefer to own it for several reasons one i don't care what they say about hd or 4k a blu-ray looks better Sound quality is better. There's something that's taken out of those files when they stream them yeah. so that you they can get more data across to you. Uh, I also like the idea that if my internet goes down, I can still watch all my movies. There you go. I don't need to wait on you to stream it to me. Yep. And then inevitably, I have internet issues. Even though I've got a nice router and I've got fiber, there's still days where I've got to wait for the stupid spinny wheel yeah. so I can keep watching what I want to watch. I would much prefer an uninterrupted viewing of my favorite movies. And one day, all the streaming services could crash out. It could get too expensive. Their content may not be available. Things that you paid for on a system may crash. Or something happens with copy. licenses. Yep. Yep. I'll still have my physical copy. And you, unless you burn my house down or come rob me, you cannot have that. So I'm with you. But, but you do something I don't do. You go buy films you've never seen. I can't do that. <laughs> I just can't do it. And I've honestly very rarely have been let down. Um, now, I've had Voodoo loaded up on the Xbox for a while. Now, remember when Voodoo first came out, there was a lot of like Walmart stuff associated with it. And I never, you know, never really dug into it, but I never messed around with it either because I was, you know, I've got the other streaming services. Why did I want this? And then slowly but surely, Digital copies, I love it when they give you the option of Voodoo or uh, iTunes or Ultraviolet and iTunes 
but for a while there, I was on a run of buying movies that I really wanted and looking forward to the digital copy. And it was there was no iTunes option, which is all the digital that I wanted. It was all either ultraviolet or voodoo. And I'm like, you know, I was getting mad. I was like, why? Why don't I have the iTunes option? What's going on? So I relented, and this was, like I said, this was a while back. So I relented, downloaded the, the Voodoo app on the phone, set on the Xbox, set it up. And so I had a nice little stack of digital slips that were all Voodoo and, or Ultraviolet. And I also had an Ultraviolet account from a long time ago. So got that back up. And at the time, Voodoo was incorporating Ultraviolet into it. So your ultraviolet movies that you had, you were able to watch on Vudu. And then I think ultraviolet went away or something like that. Something happened. And so now the Vudu, the Vudu account holds at this point holds the ultraviolet and the Vudu movies. But there was no iTunes option. So you still had another separate service. And I don't know when it happened, but all I know is uh, one of the movies I recently bought when I went to Vudu, it actually gave me an option to incorporate the iTunes movies, digital movies that I owned into Vudu. So you can ah, watch them go. all at once. So now Vudu, for better or for worse, is a one-stop shop. So I have the app on my phone, my iPad, and the Xbox. So now all of my movies at all these downloadable services are all in one. The only thing is the Vudu app, at least on the Xbox, is not always 100% perfect. There's a lot of times where it you know, sputters. There's been times where I go to enter a code and it only downloads half the movie. So I have to call customer service, which is kind of a nightmare for Voodoo, which is really weird. And then they give you the fifth degree like you're doing something wrong. It's like, no, your app sucks. I'm not doing anything wrong. Your app just sucks. So, but anyway. So, real question on the app on your phone or iPad, can you download the movie so you can watch them on airplanes? Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's, see, that's a win for me. Yeah. I love that Netflix offers that now. I watched Bird Box. Uh, on the airplane, and then I watched the Sabrina Christmas special, yeah. and then I watched four episodes of Bodyguard. That was amazing to be able to have that in true HD on my device yep. to sit there and watch on the airplane. I'm going to use that feature every time I fly. It's brilliant. I love that, and I wish um, – I don't know what their process is because, of course, all the Netflix original stuff is available for local download. And then some stuff. I don't know how they're picking and choosing. I, I believe it probably has something to do with the rights or the license. It does. So I yeah, really like wish Infinity War was not available for that option. Yeah, I really wish they would either expand that, work on that, or I wish uh, Amazon Prime and Hulu would jump on that same local download bandwagon. Yeah, I, I think they'll get there. I mean, <clears throat> we talked about this, I think, on the last time we recorded, and that space of the streaming services, or whatever you want to call all those options, uh, is getting very crowded, and it's about to get way worse because that Disney Plus yep. service is going to drop. And when it does, people are going to have to make a lot of decisions. Do you really need Netflix, Hulu, HBO Go, Amazon, Voodoo, Amazon, Crackle? Like, uh, uh, CBS, yeah, Crackle for real. I've watched some movies on there. Uh, CBS has like certain shows that are only on their streaming app. Showtime, I've already I've listed eight, and I'm sure I'm You're running out some of fingers. Out. Exactly. So, and now Disney Plus comes crashing into this equation, and it takes out content from Netflix. And some content, will be, I'm sure, will be coming off of uh, like other apps. Yeah. So before long, you got this weird mis mishmash. What do you do? Who do you drop? 
uh, you know, first thing I'm dropping is like the CBS. Like I'll wait until I can sure. watch Star Trek Discovery later, and then Hulu. You're pretty cool, uh, but I don't watch as much content on you as I do on Netflix. And before long, you're down to Disney Plus, Netflix, and maybe one or two others. And I still think so. Hulu and Netflix, to me, the way I look at it, Hulu's great uh, if you don't, for some reason, if you don't have a, uh, a DVR and you want to keep up with current episodes of a show, Hulu's great for that because their movie selection is always mirrored with Amazon Prime. When Amazon Prime has a, has a a good 80s, 90s, or early 2000s movie, that'll be on Hulu, and they'll call it popular or what's new. I'm like, no, nah, not really. So Hulu has that. Amazon has Amazon Prime will mirror that. So Hulu is good for me, like in my eyes, just for the current stuff. Netflix is great because they have whole seasons, uh, past whole seasons of shows. They have some great old movies because I like going back and watching. You know me. I'll, I can go back and watch movies over and over again from like the 80s, 90s, 2000s, whatever. So Netflix in that respect is great. But yeah, there's going to get to a point. It's already getting to that point on my phone. I have a folder. It just says video. And there's like nine apps in there. I'm just yep. <laughs> and then sometimes the password you got to remember your password and you get logged out and it's just like uh first world problems though, right? I mean, it, it's it's the new frontier. And if you go back to old episodes of our podcast, I know I talked about this at one point when Netflix was was starting to do all their streaming and stuff. I really felt at one point we would go to our Netflix device to watch everything. And of course yeah. these competitors have come along, but people are still calling those TV shows. They'll talk they'll refer to something like um like Sabrina on Netflix as a TV show. It it is in format similar to a TV right. show, but it's not. It's it's the new evolution and as the older generations uh die off and newer generations don't know much about television because they're not only are they watching all streaming stuff they're also putting a lot of their time into watching game streams and youtube youtube yeah. is a legitimate Media television streaming. source mm -hmm. for a lot of people now so uh, i think that landscape's changing drastically and i don't think we can call it tv anymore no. um also don't think netflix has the hold on it they once did while they are giant oh oh you know what you got coming to apple and facebook yeah. are both promoting that they're uh putting money into their own original content Personally, I don't want to watch anything on Facebook. I've had it with Facebook. I only use them for the nerd food stuff and for my job because I need the account. Yep. If, as far as I'm concerned, it's Twitter and Instagram all day. Facebook just angers me. And if I have to go watch original content on their crappy platform, mm. Yeah. Oh, don't even get me started with trying to put content on, on Facebook anymore. Right? It's like... But Apple... I'm in the Apple world. I finally got back to iPhone from my Android, so I can jump on my Apple TV or my iPhone or my iPad, and I can watch any of that programming. And then while I was back at Christmas, I was staying with our friend uh, Greg, who's been a uh, big uh, Moscabesa, who's been on the podcast mm -hmm. before. And uh, he has the PlayStation uh, app for television that he streams through his Apple TV. So he gets all of his uh, content from PlayStation uh, like a regular television uh, grid mm -hmm. on the TV. But YouTube offers that now, too. And YouTube has a lot of channels, including sports. So YouTube I'm thinking TV, about ditching yeah. the cable we have to go with YouTube TV. Yeah, we've had that going on six months now. Haven't, yeah, you haven't like looked back. Yeah, cheaper. Oh, okay. Yeah, we have not looked back. It was one of the best moves we ever made. 
Oh, I'm seriously considering that then, because I could save a lot of money if I'm just paying the service I pay for internet. They're they're breaking me over the coals on the uh, on the cable. I was actually talking to the uh, the future mother-in-law about that because they have regular cable still, and she was like, "Steph tells me that y'all got some kind of YouTube cable." I was like, "Yes, ma'am, we do have. Uh, it's called YouTube TV." And I was just telling her that, it, you know. These cable advertisements or satellite advertisements are great. They're like, get 300, 400 channels for the low price of blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, how many channels do you really watch out of that 400? It's not even worth it. you know. And, and how we, long is that price, that price before it triples? I researched, uh, I researched YouTube TV a lot before we made the jump. And even when YouTube TV, when it was just being talked about and not released, they said that they were going to release it with a handful of channels and more would come later. Then it released with a, a fair amount of channels and more would still come later. We're at the point now where they're adding constantly. But right now they have every single thing we want to see just about. And if they don't have it, it's because what we're watching is something on Netflix or Hulu or Amazon. Yeah. We have all those other streaming services. So the streaming services combined with YouTube TV, there's no need to have a satellite dish or cable anymore. Yep. I think I might have to pull the trigger that you just convinced me. Because yeah. I know you would be very discerning. You would have oh, some, yeah. no, this is what sucks about it, or here's the thing it's missing. And if you're happy, I'm sure I'm going to be happy with it. We love it. We love it. Well, speaking of uh, happy, another uh, another note from Nerd News over the last week. I love this direction. Uh, it was an article on comicbook.com. Uh, in an interview, the uh, the folks at Marvel, I think it was actually Feige that said this, their marketing for the movie, for Marvel's uh, Avengers Endgame, will not show any footage outside of the first 15, 15 minutes. minutes of the movie. Yep. I And it was one of our highest performing posts of the week. I, people are definitely into this. Uh, almost 200 likes on this, just a share of an article. Uh, and I, it, people said things like Meg said, I hope more movies choose to do this. There's nothing I hate more than a trailer that gives away the entire movie. Oh, yeah. Totally agree. There's a lot of gifts of people like being <laughs> excited or, <laughs> or really happy or thank yous. The, the uh, Thor Ragnarok, yes. Yes, that's one of them. Uh, Lyle Briggs said, smart. Took long enough for the studios to wise up to this. I can't tell. I can't wait till trailers have all unique lead-in footage and barely any from the film. Yeah. I dig that, too. Some people drive them nuts when the trailer stuff is not in the film. That, dri like that drives me nuts. When, when good-looking trailer stuff is not in the film, because you see it on your TV, on your what we call quote-unquote small screen. So I, I like seeing it, right? And I can't wait to see that part on the big screen, on the big screen. And then sometimes what? it's not in there. So I'm just like, ah, I got cut. What if the stuff shown in the trailers was not in the film when released at theaters, but was part of the director's cut? Oh, that's fine. If I end up getting that or watching the director's cut. Yeah, that's there fine. You go. We have the solution. <laughs> we'll, we'll just pitch that right on up to our contacts at Sony and, uh, and uh, Marvel and yeah, let them know. Babe, give me Kevin on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> you hear in the background, she just throws the phone at you. Kevin, line one. <laughs> then we got some great comments under that same article. I always love to point out the real ass clowns. Uh, somebody named Gage said, it better be five hours long. Yeah, Gage, that's probably going to happen. <laughs> Avengers Endgame is going to be five hours long at your local theater. <laughs> Uh, I like, uh, what was it? Was there our buddy Thaddeus that shared that image on his Instagram account? The clever marketing somebody pointed out of the uh, different colors 
of the oh. original Avenger members and oh. the reality gen- and the Infinity Stones that were associated with them. So in the trailer, the color of lighting used on each character of aligned the, yeah. with one of the stones. Exactly. Yeah. Genius. Yeah, I saw that image and that I was, was like, "That was awesome." <gasps> what? Some of them were a little stretchy, but I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna go with it." But I really, really liked that. That was awesome. I know he shared it. I don't know where he got it from, though. All right, hey, what do you think? Should we uh, should we jump over and look at some questions that were sent in? I've seen quite a few. Yeah, Hit I'm the watching Twitter them rack up right now. Let's see what we got here. I'll pick one, then you can pick one. How's that sound? Go for it. Um, hmm. Okay. Undisputed Aaron. That's his name right now. He is the Suicide Fox on Twitter. People change their names on Twitter all the time, and then I'm looking down the feed between that and the image. I don't know who I'm looking at. <laughs> I have to look for the Twitter handle. Anyway, right. uh, Aaron's question is, what one movie are you looking most forward to in 2019? He says for him it's Godzilla 2. How about you, Steve? Endgame. That's it? Just hands down? Hmm. I, I debated this around for a while. I think there's so many good films coming out this mm-hmm. year, but I got to agree with you. I mean, like, we have been building up to this for over 10 years. Oh, yeah. There's never been anything like it in the history of film. It's going to be epic. I hope it doesn't disappoint. I like his other one. What are your top hol- <laughs> top three holiday beers? No ciders. No ciders. Oh man, <laughs> that's a good question, Aaron. <laughs> I I don't necessarily have three holiday specific beers. I do love the the sours. So what's mm-hmm. that? Uh, I had it while I was back down the um, blackberry. No, something like that. Black crap. I can't remember the name of it. Anyway, I bought some. It was another good sour that you can only get in Houston. I'm sure he's listening and going, oh, I know what you're talking about. Was it the one made by Distill? Don't remember. I know it's a local one. Okay. Or, uh, anyway. or one of the provincials. Yeah, see, I, I haven't been down there much, so I don't hear the names as regularly as y'all do. So like when I'm down there, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's I see the I label. You. I can only get that here. Uh, uh, one see. of my absolute oh, favorite ahead, sours. Uh, I'm looking up the photo if you want to name off yours. I love, <clears throat> it's made by Buffalo Bayou Brewery, which is about 10 minutes away from my house. It is called Feliz Navidad, and it's a uh, it's a stout made with, it's a ginger coffee stout, I believe, made with ancho chilies. So when you drink it, you get that kind of cinnamony coffee taste, and then when you swallow, you get the little heat of the ancho chili, which is really good. I think I remember the name of the one. Crackberry. Oh, that's made by, uh, that's the Dallas Cidery. Is it cider? Yeah. Crackberry. Oh, he said no ciders then. That didn't yeah. count. Crackberry's a cider. Yeah. Bishop makes that. Yep. Uh, my favorite, uh, it's not a holiday one, but it's my favorite new go to um, sour. I'm showing Steve the label. It's from a company called Brewery. Gotcha. Yep. B R U E R Y. And it's uh, Tarot. Ghosts are red. A ghost, for those of you who don't know, G O S E is a sour, or at least a form of a sour. I said that's the keyword I always look for if it doesn't say sour on the label. It's a. They're more often uh, ones made with sea salt, right? I've seen a lot with sea salt. This particular one does not have it. Does not have uh, it. Okay. Definition of ghost is a top fermented beer 
that originated in Germany, it's usually brewed with at least 50% of the grain being malted wheat. Uh, dominant flavors of ghosts include lemon, herbal characteristic, and strong saltiness. Mm-hmm. So you might absolutely be right. Maybe I just didn't notice it on the uh, list of ingredients. What else? Um, oh, Carbach. Local brewery here in Houston, Carbach, has a You'll Shoot Your Eye Out. Oh, that's a good Which one. is a fantastic beer that's released around the holidays. And, uh, you know, I'm a fan of their Crunkin' Pumpkin as well. But this year and last year did not see Crunkin' okay. Pumpkin by Carbach at all. I wonder if it came out and just sold out real quick or they just didn't produce it this year. Because Carbach now owned by Anheuser-Busch, yep. right? Yep. So maybe they opted not to make it. The big, the big beer house, or as the way other people describe them, Satan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're like the Walmart of the beer industry, right? Uh, Talking Pops, if you could bring back any TV show for another season just to make the fans of the show mad, what would it be? Okay, go. Go. Um, go. And give me a runner-up, too. Just to make fans mad? So not something I necessarily want to see, but something that'll just tick people off. Because I know Talking Pops is queuing in on the fact that... Uh, am I on the right channel? You look like you're going to say something. Well, is this is this a inside thing of another show no. you're on? Okay, all right. No. I, well, I think maybe they're referring to the fact that I, that we've talked about before. We'll share stuff on Facebook and Twitter knowing it will rile people up anytime oh. you're talking about a reboot. <laughs> because it does. It gets engagement. Uh, okay. Whenever things happy and good, no one yeah. comments or does anything. But you piss them off with the idea of a Ghostbusters reboot. And, oh, God forbid the internet is burning, you know? I, uh, okay, so if I, I could bring back a TV show just to piss people off. Um, ooh, that's a good one. So how are you inter- you're interpreting that as... Because fans want to see it left alone, or fans are going to want yep. more than one season. No, I think I think the first. I think oh, just okay. because fans want in, it, they want okay. to see it left alone. Right. Uh, probably Seinfeld as another season. Okay. Yeah, I think people would be angry if they said <laughs> we're bringing back Seinfeld because not only has a lot of time passed, and the, and a lot of TV shows since have kind of like taken from what what Seinfeld did but then Kramer had that whole thing where he blew up and used uh, inappropriate terminology in a stand-up he did so a lot of people be up in arms about him coming back to television hmm. I think that'd do it okay well if we're going with that interpretation of his question yeah uh, lost oh yes absolutely <laughs> absolutely okay this is fun let's do not that interpretation but a let's go with the one that I thought making fans is, mad because they want to see more than just one season of a returning show. Okay, let's go uh, that route. Of course, Firefly, The Office, I'm absolutely going Firefly. Yes, and The Office. Yep. All right, that was that was That's fun. A, I like that. that Good is one, a fun talking one. pops. You got another question you you like out there? Uh, Sarah Johnson, favorite amusement park ride. I dig at uh, Disneyland. Uh, actually, is it at California Adventure? I think it's at California Adventure. The uh, the Toy Story ride that you go through and you shoot everything. It is. You've been more recently than I have. That's for sure. Uh, Midway Mania. I always confuse it with the one at Disney World, so I want to make sure I have the right name. But Midway Mania, you're in a little car with 3D glasses, mm-hmm. and you have a, a drawstring thing that you pull to shoot, 
And as you go through the ride, I know I was careful about the way I was motioning that. He's, he's <laughs> he making eyes at again. me. <laughs> I know. I, I, there's two hands involved. Anyway, <laughs> you go through the ride and you shoot at different times. It's shooting discs or balls or rings onto these digital screens and you're racking up a score. Okay. And so at the end of it, you can see your score versus the high score of the day or the month or the people in your car. And I always dig interactive stuff like that. Is that the one where you, I think one of y'all tweeted about it and you were playing against Cameron and you beat Cameron? Yes, that was the one. Gotcha. I don't Um, think he's beat me yet. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, I haven't been to an amusement park in forever, so I'm going to flash back to uh, when Sully and I were younger, a place called Astroworld. That closed down here in Houston. Uh, Six Flags over Texas, uh, Astroworld. Let's see. There was a ride called Thunder River. And it was a water-based ride. that It was basically like whitewater rafting, but you sat in a circular tube in seats. And you went around like these man-made half Rocky Mountain style shoots of raging water. And the whole point was it was kind of fast and you would spin in circles as you moved down this wide chute, twisting and turning everywhere and just hoping to get wet because it was usually hot AF outside. Oh, <laughs> and yep. uh, that cold water felt really good. So that was a fun ride. And yeah, it was uh, like the Russian roulette of who's going to get tossed under the waterfall. Exactly. Or on the backside when you're going down into a pool. Yeah. Everybody was like trying to lean in, hoping to get wet. <laughs> And I don't know how many times we rode that ride just wanting to just jump out of the ride and go swimming. Let's see. I see one that's aimed at you. Uh, I think you might – you've actually kind of answered it already. Cheesemo asked, what does your con list look like this year, which oh, you kind of yeah. talked about at the top of the – but then he also asked, who would you like to see play He-Man? Because uh, I just shared on uh, on our social channels that the He-Man reboot, they've hired the directors for it, the writers, and they're looking. It's originally slated to come out December of this year. If they're just not getting writers, I don't think that's going to happen. Right. Uh, so, but they're going to have to cast He-Man. Who would you cast? Cheesemo says he thinks Gerard Butler. That's a damn good answer right there. But now he's thinking Sam Jackson. Sam. I, like Samuel L. Jackson. Is there another I, Sam Jackson? I, I mean, you can take it any way you want. It's, yeah, uh, I don't know. Is there? I like Gerard Butler. That's a good one, Cheese. Um, I. How old is Gerard Butler though? Now, I mean, you're you're only going to get one shot at it with Gerard Butler. You, you couldn't know, do it many sequels. He's he's fifty. Speaking of Gerard Butler, last night, so Law Abiding Citizen with Jamie oh, Foxx, yeah, is on Netflix now for January. Steph good had film. Steph had never seen it. So we watched it last night, and she was all into it. She was leaned yeah. forward in the couch. She loved that film. Um, yeah, man, that's a good question, Cheese. He got me on that one. I Gerard Butler. I think he would. I think he would do well in that one. I don't know about Sam. I, <laughs> I don't know about Sam Jackson. I love uh, some. I love some Sam Jackson. Not sure I, about I, that one. I and think it, you got to go with somebody who's between twenty-five and thirty-five. So that you have a chance to build a franchise around this, not a one-off film. You know, I'm not that I'm. I'm not like his biggest fan. I think he does great work. Um, what about Maginello? Hmm, that's that's a really good guess. He again, though, is forty-two. 
That's, that's I mean, a good and, one, and also, also, are we gonna make him wear the blonde hair? That's gonna that's got to be something to take into effect, or are we gonna give them a pass and let them go with dark hair? Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You could also, I mean, if you're going that route and you just want them to be the bigger than life, you could say John Cena. But again, no blonde, and also old, and also not a great actor. I mean, he probably did a pretty good job in Bumblebee. I imagine he's getting better. But what about? Okay, here we go. What about Billy Zane if he pu- if he buffs up? Billy Zane, what? Billy Zane is fifty two and bald. <laughs> Perfect. So he's wig ready. Oh, I'll go Marlon Brando then. <laughs> I, just, I don't like any of these answers, to be totally honest with you, but I don't well, have not, a better one. It's not like we're saying, like, okay, Sam Elliott. <laughs> um, no, it's got to be somebody. Like, I think Zac Efron should be the next Wolverine, and he's too short to play He-Man. Right? Yeah. So that's out. Uh, the Rock, no. He does everything. He's fantastic. I love him in every way, shape, and form, but he's not He-Man. Seeing him with hair is always nobody's going to take him seriously. If somebody, Disturbing. Yeah. Yes. If they put hair on him, <laughs> nobody's going to take him seriously. It's got to be somebody twenty-five to thirty-five, super built, probably coming out of like the WWE or something. He was maybe the dude who plays uh, the Miz. The who? Oh, uh, you're talking that is, is WWE name. Yeah. Uh, he used to be in uh, Road Rules. Uh, back on MTV oh, well, back in the day. Uh, what about... Um, or the other show. No what about else. Arrow? Stephen... Uh, Amell? Yeah, what about Stephen Amell? Oh my God, did I just get a point? I got half of it. You got the other half. <laughs> I, what? That's how, No, we do have uh. points for half names. <laughs> yeah, what about, uh, Steve, what about Stephen Amell? Not big enough. But see, you got to remember, so you've got... You got him as uh, Prince Adam, and you got him as He-Man. As Prince yep. Adam, he never looked super swole because he had clothes on. It's not until he damn near got butt naked that people were like, oh, washboard abs. So, he didn't even have sleeves So he was Prince Adam. <laughs> so you got to remember, he's got to be able to play Prince Adam and He-Man, unless we're just doing an all-He-Man, all-the-time movie. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not on the ML camp. Um, I'm looking up other WWE superstars. I don't know if they can act, but Dolph Ziggler looks the part. He's so actually not, blonde. We're in not the worried WWE. about acting at all now, right? I'm, I'm trying to say, I don't know if he can act. John Cena is only 41, could be a good choice, but I don't think he's a strong enough actor. I think his face is too chiseled. Like Prince Adam. Too chiseled. Yeah, okay. I think Prince right. Prince Adam is, you know... He still has a wholesome look about him, and it's just when he goes into the He-Man persona that you know he's warrior ready. I think John Cena would just scare the crap out of anybody as Prince Adam or He-Man. <laughs> That's a tough one. I really don't feel like there's a, a super strong front runner for that. <laughs> I'm just thinking. I'm thinking of something like I would see like on the Chappelle Show or or <laughs> Summer Saturday Night Live. John Cena as Prince Adam. 
And before he, he just does all the damage as Prince Adam, he doesn't even bother turning into He-Man. People are mad. Prince Adam fights too much. <laughs> <laughs> or he does change, and like everyone in the in the whole uh, <laughs> that in that movie or, or TV show is like, we all knew who you were. Yeah. It's not a secret. It's it's not even as strong as Clark Kent versus Superman. All you did was take your shirt off, Adam. <laughs> They don't even call him <laughs> Prince Adam. They just call him Adam. <laughs> oh man, I'm having too much fun. With Adam this. man, he he Adam. We know who you are. <laughs> he Adam. Uh, you see, see another question you like? Yes. Uh, this is from uh, our buddy Scott. He is at Angus Maximus. What type of video game would an officially licensed nerd food be? Uh, what what would be some Xbox? Xbox achievements you would have in the game. So if NerdFu was a video game, what type of game would it be and what achievements would we have? Well, I feel like in the spirit of of our logo and what we are about and when we grew up as kids, it should be something NES-esque. Kind of an 8-16 bit style game. Okay. So all the... uh all the action that takes place up front is all 8-bit style, but all the backdrops are next-gen console. How do you feel about that? How does I, that grab you? Yeah, that sounds pretty good. I like that. Or vice versa. I, either way. So it's a blend of old and new. I, I dig that. And whenever our character strikes an enemy or an opponent, a comic book balloon word bubble would pop up and say point, exclamation point. I like it. You know what I want With it to no be? no numerical be, value. I want it to be Doom. I want it to be first-person shooter, Doom-esque. Cross-hybrid between 8-bit and new new look. With that in there. Okay. I think we collect Comic-Con badges as we run around. And we replenish health by drinking Mudder's Milk. Yes, definitely. I'm liking all this. That's not My bad. character wears a hat. My character wears white sunglasses. Yes, definitely white something. <laughs> I love it. All right. So Guest Scott, characters so Scott. would include Nathan Fillion and Felicia Day. Yeah. And we have to rescue Jessica Chobot, who's trapped somewhere in a castle. Yes. I'll take care of yes. that. You can do whatever. Jessica Chobot, blonde or brunette? Oh, man. That's like asking pizza or burgers. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. That's a good question. That's fun. All right, Scott. So we're going to need you to get to work on that, Scott. <laughs> with your 3D, we, with your 3D printer. <laughs> yeah, he can he can do anything over there. He's making his own stuff. Yep, he's got his own line of toys now. I think we kind of hit on this at the beginning, uh, but maybe we could expand a little bit. Uh, our friend Delorean Wolfgang says, "What does the future look like for Nerd Foo?" Also, I ran out of plutonium for the time machine, or else he could have <laughs> just jumped forward and looked and told us. Right. I mean. Both Steve and I have just said we're both extremely busy with the daytime stuff, and unfortunately, Nerd Food doesn't bring in money to pay us full time. Yeah. So this is something we do for fun on the side. And uh, wow, it just doesn't allow time for thinking about the future, much less working toward it. We're not going to go away. Uh, I promise you that. There, uh, there may be valleys, you know, dips, highs and lows, ups and downs of maybe seeing a podcast or seeing content, but we're always trying to interact on Twitter for sure, which is super easy and super quick. Um, 
want to try to get back on Instagram <laughs> and uh, share some stuff. It's just it's you know it's hard, and we're really you know hopefully everybody believes this. We're not going away, uh, and we're trying to maintain balance with everything: full time jobs, traveling, nerd food. Plus, yes, we have personal lives, um, and it is uh, it is a balance. Um, several years ago, it was a little easier, as Sully mentioned. Oh, yeah. But um, now, I mean, we both have great jobs and uh, they are keeping us busier and busier with added responsibilities um, just about every week. It seems like, at least for me, for sure. And travel for Sully. And yeah, lots of. Yeah. So not complaining, just uh, no, having to uh, put nerd food more to the side than we really wanted to. Yeah, not at all. But nothing, I tell you one thing I would like to strive down. <laughs> I would like to strive for, and we kind of hinted at this at one of our last episodes, was maybe doing a live podcast at something like uh, San Diego Comic-Con. I did a little research, and it doesn't look like you can apply for panels yet. It's that page that for schedule says check back. Uh, if anybody knows anything about how to apply or when to apply, when that normally happens, uh, please let us know. Because, you know, they don't even announce the schedule till like, what, a week or two before they always hold yeah. that back. Yeah. So I feel like the window for applying for a panel either already happened and we missed it. I couldn't find any proof to that. Or will happen between like February and May. Yeah. So that they then have all the applications to go through and say who gets it or who doesn't. Well, I mean, that's the, not to say we'll even be approved. But. Yeah. I mean, if the panel doesn't happen, Sully's been there. Uh, well, we've both been there. Sully's been able to go back because of work for sure um this is my first time going back after i skipped a year um so i will be there and not having to pay for hotel helps <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah so uh yeah my lady was lucky enough to uh to ask a friend of hers that actually lives there in town if we can stay with her so we have that covered so if a panel doesn't happen uh, I'm pretty sure we'll be able to squeeze in a little bit of time. If not, hopefully it'd be cool if we have some of our friends that are going to be there on with us as a live podcast. But if that doesn't happen or if that can't be arranged, Sully and I should be should be able to hopefully arrange um, you know, a little bit of time to, to cut a, a new episode while there. We just need someone who listens to the podcast to win the lottery and then just back us yeah. as a uh, silent partner. We'll sell you 49%. And uh, we'll push forward making all the content and doing all the things, and uh, we'll make it into the worldwide phenomenon that it should be. Right. And then we get absorbed by... <laughs> you still want to be bought by Nerdist, or do we want to buy Nerdist? I think at this point we should just buy Nerdist. There you go. I, I always yeah. thought that was the better path. Yeah. It's just that money thing that gets in the way. It's so frustrating. And then after that, we've got eyes on Disney. <laughs> wow. Uh, biggest company in the world? I don't know. Lofty goals. Lofty goals in 2019. Well, any other uh, – because that looks like the run of the question. Shout out to Johnny Cisco who asked, how does it feel to be back? I think we kind of we kind of hit that already in our yeah, opening. It's been a little while since December uh, 11th or whatever it was. Um, any gaming or comic book news? Or? Gaming. Oh, well, a little gaming news. So I downloaded uh, on Xbox Game Pass. I downloaded Wolfenstein. Uh, was it New World Order or whatever it was? Oh. I played a little bit of that. I thought it was okay. Uninstalled it. 
downloaded Ark. Um, and I, I don't know why I thought it was something different than what it was. That is a serious time commitment game. Oh. To me, even even worse time commitment than Fallout. This is I was reading more and more about it. It was kind of fun, you know. The graphics are Far Cryish, um, but I uninstalled that. I downloaded an Xbox 360 game, Alien vs Predator, made by Sega for twenty bucks. I'm loving that. Big Aliens Predator fan. Um, that's a really fun game. That's a throwback from I think. Uh, uh, early 2000s if I'm not mistaken but something that we're looking forward to is Anthem and I was checking on Anthem because they did a uh, they unveiled a new trailer at CES that just that just happened so for those of you that don't know Anthem if you're interested the open demo starts uh, February 1st through February 3rd on basically all the consoles PS4 Xbox One PC origin um the VIP, the VIP demo is from January 25th through the 27th, but to get in on the VIP demo, you have to pre-order the game, and you also have to be a EA Access subscriber or an Origin Access subscriber. Ah. But uh, Anthem is a 100% must for me. Same. Um, and I believe this month, I want to say next week, is Kingdom Hearts 3. Oh, yeah, you're real close. Yeah. I, I knew for sure you'd be into that. Yep. So we got um, both of those games. I'm making room for my consoles. Well, Kingdom Hearts I'm probably going to get on PlayStation. And Anthem, Anthem, the game, the full game, comes out February 22nd. Yep. So even if you don't get in on this beta, not too much longer to wait to get in on the game itself. No, not at all. I'm looking forward to that one as well. I think that's my game of the year uh, that I'm looking forward to uh, because yeah. I just love first person i love more open world games i definitely dug destiny but i didn't like the grind that you had to put in to play the game yeah i really like the idea did you watch all the stuff out of e3 and the other trailers for anthem about like it's open world yes but you don't necessarily want to jump in on every battle because you won't be like leveled up enough yeah sure i dig that i like that and it feels like you're iron man (laughs) flying around in that suit which is always a plus. Uh, and I also just beat, finally, I went back to Dead Rising 4. <laughs> and oh, yeah. I finally beat that. Yeah. That was a good game. That's a fun game. I beat I have, Dead Rising 3. I never yeah. played the ones before that one, and I just finally beat this one. Those are fun games. I was on a zombie kick for a little while. I haven't had a lot of time for video gaming lately, but when I do, it's almost always been Rocket League or Fortnite, mainly because that's where my friends are playing, and I... I I dig the the hanging out with my buddies as much as any part of gaming. But with Anthem, I know there's going to be plenty of people in there. That'd oh, be yeah. good that we overlap on one for a change. Yeah. Uh, can both play it. Uh, so I'm excited about that. Uh, I do want to check out Kingdom Hearts because I've always been intrigued by the game. Uh, and add on the fact that their Monsters, Inc. plays a big role in it. Uh, definitely want to see what all the Sully action is all about. I don't right. know if you've seen all the Funko lineup of figures, uh, but I actually did the unboxing video for the Kingdom Hearts 3 stuff, and there are a lot of Monsters, Inc. elements in the figures. There's one where Donald looks like Mike Wazowski with one big eye, but That's he's got cool. Sully's colors. There's one where Goofy has Mike's colors, but has like more like Sully body type. 
Okay. The, and then there's a bunch of Sora and other characters holding the big, what they're called, key swords? Yeah, key blades. Key blades, where there's a little, um, like, um, thing hanging off of it, kind of like a keychain yeah. that has the Monsters, Inc. helmet. Oh, that's cool. Okay. Yeah, some really yeah, nice touches. Those little uh, key ring attachment deals, I don't yeah. even know the name of them, but yeah, they're on a lot of his uh, blades. Pretty cool. It kind of remind me of like the cell phone things that people were putting Little in the charms. headphone jack. Yeah, yeah like that. Yeah. But uh, so I know Monsters Inc. plays a big role in it. And I, I definitely would like to see uh, that. And I've seen a bunch of the promotional materials where they do show mm-hmm. Sully and Mike. So that would be really interesting. I'm gonna get that on PS4 and Anthem on on Xbox. Why PS4? I just want to put another game on it other than Spider-Man. <laughs> gotcha. Hey, fair enough. You did buy that brand new, shiny, beautiful red Spider-Man Spider-Man is the only game on that PS4. What if there's a big multiplayer component, though, to that? Do you have a lot of PlayStation friends on there? Uh, only PlayStation friend I have on there is Johnny Cisco. And how many friends on Xbox do you have? A lot. Yeah. But you know what? You know, honestly, so, yeah, it's known that I'm a big Kingdom Hearts fan. And yeah. we post a lot of stuff that's, you know, well, we post a fair amount of stuff for Kingdom Hearts. Um, but it doesn't seem like any of the people that I would online game with actually have the game or is actually interested. I don't know. It could be something worth exploring, though. Let's you should put up a poll on uh, on NerdFoo. Yeah. Let's let's gather some info and see what do you get? What system people are getting it on and who will actually be playing it would be would be good to know. Yeah. We don't use polls enough. I think that's a great way to uh, interact with fans. We'll do that. I always forget about that. I'll let I'll let you handle that. You're the Kingdom Hearts guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just have one more thing I wanted to throw out there. Uh, before I do, reminder that if you're into video games, please go check out our friends at Mulehorn Gaming. They do a weekly podcast that's a video podcast. You can actually watch them and interact with them. You can back them on Patreon, and you can get early access to things. You can kind of engage with them on Discord before they go live with these things. Uh, they play a lot of video games, do a, a lot of video game information. I know they're trying really hard to get in on that Anthem beta, uh, so I'm sure they're going to be playing it and talking about it. Um, of course, our friend Thaddeus, who's been on before, mm-hmm. he's he's part of Mulehorn, so they're great guys, and I just always love giving them a shout out uh, as they push forward. They're they're really growing. They're doing some good things. They got their own community on their website now, which is really cool. Yep. Um, who else should we give a shout out to? Don't forget about. Uh, um, well, it used to be uh, comic book news, and now it's pop. What is it? I've, I've blanked. It's been so long since we talked about it. Trending pop culture. That's what I was looking for. Our friend Jay. <laughs> What's up, Jay? If you're into comic books, go check out uh, trendingpopculture.com uh, for your latest in recommendations on comic books and investing in comic books. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got some great info coming at you. Let's look. Just He's at Chop 5, number 195. Wow. No, 196. Yeah, he's put remember out some great Remember when he started comic. that? Yeah. We were a part of number one. But anyway, he, he shares all kinds of comic book news. Never steered me wrong. In fact, when we started doing NerdFu and I first found out about uh, his comic book uh, information, his speculation, I started buying a bunch of comic books. I need to look back and see what these are worth. I have no clue. I know Deadly Class has a TV show coming, and so does uh, another Robert Kirkman comic book. And once that happens with a show, yeah, comic book value values go through the roof. Big time. So I need to look back and see uh, what I have in the collection that's worth worth a couple of bucks now sounds good uh, but the last thing i wanted to bring up was uh i was scrolling back through our facebook feed because that's kind of like 
you know, our library of what we talk about here. Uh, Zombieland 2 officially added Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd. So we're getting a mini Ghostbusters reunion. Uh, what a lot of people were saying, though, was like, I've seen Zombieland. What the hell? Bill Murray died. Um, it's called Zombieland. <laughs> <laughs> I do believe Bill Murray can come back. Yeah, that whole, that whole Bill, Mar- uh, Bill Murray part in the movie was great. And did we talk about this before? I think we did. Uh, it's one of the most interesting facts of the movies I've ever heard. Originally, that part wasn't supposed to be Bill Murray. It was supposed to be Matthew McConaughey who had to back out at the last minute for something else. And because Woody Harrelson knew Bill Murray, he just picked up the phone and called him. Bill Murray doesn't have an agent, and he his agent is an answering machine. <laughs> uh, he doesn't have an agent, but he actually answered the phone because he knew it was uh, Woody Harrelson and said, sure, I'll do it. I'll be right over. And like came over that day, and they just worked like his that. part into the film. I've always thought that was just extremely interesting. It's a great film. Another one that I need to buy. Zombieland? Yeah. Oh, I bought the Steel Book for that one. I love it so much. Yeah, that is a must rewatch this year. I don't know what the release date for Zombieland 2 is, but I think they're filming right now. So I bet we'll see it uh, towards the end of this year. I'm going to look and see if this article. Uh, original movie came out in 2009, so we're looking at 10 years later. 10 years, yeah. I know uh, Breslin, Abigail Breslin is back. Yep. Um, the whole original cast is back, but we'll see her aged 10 years, which will be very interesting. And does it say when the movie comes out? October 11th. So just in time for Halloween, if everything stays on track, we'll see Zombieland 2. That's going to be amazing. With Lex Luthor? (laughs) Yes. He's going to go bald for this one. Why not? Yeah. Eisenberg's back. Harrelson's back. Emma Stone's back. Abigail Breslin's back. Uh, It's going to be written and directed by the same people. That's good. Which I, I always love that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, when you've got a good formula for an original film, switching directors for the sequel could be a recipe for disaster. So I'm, I'm really excited to see it. And what will they do with Ackroyd and Bill Murray? Are they going to have a little Ghostbusters moment? That would be really cool. There was, uh, there was, I like it when they incorporate little callbacks when you have other actors. Uh, one of my favorites was Danny Glover's little cameo in Mel Gibson's Maverick kind of early on yes in the uh, bank robbing scene where he's like looking at him like I know you and he pulls his handkerchief down you hear the lethal weapon music the little guitar riff and Danny Glover of course says I can uh, too I'm getting too old for this shit (laughs) Maverick was a great movie uh, and and I never hear anybody refer to it now I love that movie that's a great yeah it is a great movie is that Jodie Foster yeah was in that too? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember the older guy's name in it, but I think he was he the original passed. Maverick, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if he passed or not. Now now I'm interested to see. That was uh, a movie, not TV. I need a quiet keyboard just for podcasting. You said it sounds like I'm chopping down trees <laughs> or shooting. Uh, James shooting Garner. James Garner. There you go. Um, who did pass at the age of 86 in 2014. Yeah, where's that Maverick sequel? I mean, Mel Gibson needs something. He's had some decent films. I liked him in Daddy's Home too. I thought that was pretty funny. Oh, that uh, was great. That played was a good role. Great. But I could. See. I want to see oh. him. I want to. I want to see him and John Lithgow in some kind of grandpa film. Dirty, That'd be good. Yeah, let's do that. 
Hey, who do you? This interesting fact. Do you know who did the music for Maverick? Who did the music for Maverick? Uh, some country singer. No, that would make sense. I guarantee there's a soundtrack for it that would that would yeah. jive with that. <laughs> no, uh, I did not know. Randy Newman. Really? Who did all the Pixar movie music? Yeah, that's amazing. That yeah, that does. That's a weird. Yeah, that's a weird fit. Uh, on the actual the music soundtrack, not the not the uh, what you call it. What do you call the the score? The score, yeah, not that. Uh, it included mo- uh, songs by Tracy Lawrence, Clint Black, Carlene Carter, and some other country singers. So yeah, you're absolutely right. That makes sense for that part. Hmm. Yeah, huh. that's a rewatch right there. All right. Uh, anything else to add? Uh, no. Good to go. I'm going to take my... I, I just remembered how hungry I am. Uh, it just hit me again, so I'm going to go eat. There you go. <laughs> I can't wait another 40, 30 minutes. <laughs> All right, man. I'm good. All right. Until next time, then, this is Sully signing out saying, Nerds Unite. Take care. <laughs>